This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Brian Murphy from WREL Sports Investigative Reporter at MurfSurf on Twitter. I apologize for confusing you with another friend of mine, uh, but consider, right. consider yourself a friend. So, uh, so we got that going for us. So, sp- <laughs> sports gambling on the floor of the North Carolina legislature yesterday. How did that go? Well, it went well. If if you want uh, sports gambling in the state, I the do. House, which the House, which you know, less than a year ago, voted down. A very, very similar bill uh, voted yesterday, 66 to 45, to approve sports gambling. Uh, it still has one more sort of formal vote here in, in the House. That'll happen later this afternoon. And then it's over to the Senate for, for the fun on that side. Now, the Senate did pass sports gambling legislation uh, in in the last session. So it, it may have a more, uh, you know, it, it may have an easier path over there. All right. So uh, what changed in the House, in the bill, in the House? that allowed them to approve it, approve it this time? I think first, about 25% of lawmakers are different in the House than they okay. were last time. So that's the first thing. I, Governor Cooper, who is a supporter, also pointed out to, to Joe and Joe uh, recently that he thinks that the lobbyists and the people who work on these issues did a much better job this time around of locking down support. And then I think the third thing is... That, there's a lot of giveaways in this bill, quite frankly. Um, all the non-FBS schools in the in the state, uh, in UNC system schools, are poised to make a lot of money off this, at least $300,000 a year for their athletic department, and as much as 20% of the money that's left over after required distributions. Um, so there were a lot of incentives put in the bill to uh, curry favor with some of the lawmakers. All right, so what are those giveaways? How is, uh, how is let's just say, uh, UNC Asheville... Uh, going to benefit from this? Well, they they would get $300,000 right off the top of gambling revenue. And then once all the required distributions are given out, which, you know, five or $6 million in required distributions, including, you know, $2 million to a problem gambling helpline and all that stuff, uh, then of all the money that's left, uh, those 10 schools would split 20% of all the money that's left. So if there's $20 million left, uh, you know, I, I hate to do math on the air, but no, they no, would no. Get a percentage of that. <laughs> if, if there's $100 million left, then they would split $20 million among those 10 schools. I can do that math. That's $2 million a school. That, uh, that, that seems good. This also seems kind of odd for this industry versus any other industry. Why did we have to do this? Well, that I mean, that had less to do with the industry and more to do with votes. I mean, the, well, the I understand that. I, it's it's to get these people to agree. But right. why can't we just agree that this is like any other? I'll just. I mean, I hate to use the term vice, but it's like any other legal vice that should be legal. It's like alcohol, or I mean, I mean, I'm not advocating for to, tobacco use, but tobacco. I mean, why is it any different? Yeah, I, I just think the, the morality has played into. It. I think I think some of the lawmakers who voted against this would would just as soon get rid of those vices as well in the state, including the lottery, including the lottery, including alcohol. Uh, I, I don't know about alcohol, but but certainly some of the people who voted against it, I think would uh, would, would 
prefer to get rid of alcohol as well. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about the, the problems that may come with gambling, about the increase in, in problem gambling in some of the other states. A lot of talk about the incessant advertising and, and what that's going to do to children and how they watch sports or perceive sports. Uh, they, those may be overblown. They, they may be under understated in some ways. But I think there was an undercurrent of that and that's why they needed to do things like uh, include all these uh, UNC system schools in the, in the revenue distribution in order to secure some of those votes. We're worrying about the advertising uh, and the impact on kids. I mean, are just, well, okay. Um, I, I worry about, I mean, I hate to call it a nanny state. I worry about that. I worry about trying to protect everybody from every little thing on earth. Uh, and we're not doing that. Meanwhile, we should be protecting people from other things, but that ain't even an option. I'm not even going to get into it. How, uh, what is our time frame for this getting through both chambers, getting to Governor Cooper's uh, desk, getting signed, and getting implemented? And what are the obstacles now? Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the Senate um, and, and Cooper, none of that timing actually matters because the effective date of the bill is January 8th, uh, which I think is the date of the national championship game in college football. Um, I think we'll see the Senate move on it relatively quickly in the next you know week or two. And then Governor Cooper has indicated he would sign it. But but even if it passes tomorrow, um, you know, the effective date on the bill is January 8th. So we have this long this long ramp up to when sports gambling would be legal. And I think a lot of that time is going to be there are 10 to 12 operators that have to apply for licenses through the lottery commission. Um, and so there'll be that process will have to play out. The lottery commission will have to put up rules and regulations about sports gambling. Uh, they'll have to approve or deny applications from mm-hmm. DraftKings, FanDuel, all the like. And then I, I would imagine sometime in December, uh, as the, the licenses start to get approved, we will see some of that advertising that we talked about really starting to come to North Carolina with incentives for people to, to, Sign up. Sign up for these apps. Can't uh, can't wait. It will certainly benefit us here at uh, on Sports Radio. Uh, Brian Murphy, WRAL Sports Investigative Reporter at Murph's Turf on Twitter. You may not even know the answer to this, but t- today is March 29th. If the bill was signed by the governor on April 2nd, whatever it is, I, I'm not sure he's working on Saturday, uh, but if it was signed on April 2nd, what would stop it from being, I mean, is it just they have decided that the start date is January 8th or does it have to wait until January 8th? Why can't we start it August 8th? Yeah, th- there's no reason other than the date in the bill is January 8th. Um, I-, I think the Lottery Commission has asked for some time because they-, they have to run background checks. They have to do a lot of stuff when these applications come in. It's going to take time. The bill was going to start on January 1st. Uh, but my understanding is the Lottery Commission asked that it not start on a holiday. Um, but, you know, bills can start effective immediately upon passage. Uh, you mentioned uh, obliquely made a reference to the gun bill. There was a veto override. Oh, was today. that what I made a reference to? <laughs> and Alamance County has already said they will stop dealing with uh, pistol permits. So that's within hours of a bill passing. So it is possible mm. uh, for these things to take effect very quickly. But in this case, there has to be a regulatory state or a regulatory apparatus kind of put into place to deal with sports gambling. <sighs> Wait, I mean, <laughs> January's not that far away. January's not well, that far away. Here, here's where, here's why it is. The NFL season starts the week after Labor Day. The college football season. P- 
people want to be able to do this. And here's the thing. They're doing it anyway. They're doing it. Why are we not just... It's the most maddening thing in the world to me. <laughs> I don't gamble on sports. We talk about it every day. I pay attention to lines. I pay attention to all that stuff. We, I don't do it. It doesn't increase the enjoyment for me. But I know too many people who it does. And those people should be allowed to do it. And that really is the and argument. And they're doing it anyway. Won. That really is the argument that the proponents of the bill made and, and, and in the end won out. That, like, this is happening. North Carolina is not getting its share of the revenue. North Carolina pro teams are not getting their share right. of, of marketing deals and, and, other, and other arrangements. Uh, so we need to do this. And, and in the end, that argument won out in the House, and I suspect it will win out in the Senate as well. So Tom Dundon, who wants to open up a, um, a sports book at PNC Arena. He can over, he can he can build it, but it can't it can't operate until January eight. Adam Golden Studio with my man coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone can do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. That's correct. Even though correct. It, it, it might be operable, although we have an elevator that's still out. Actually, two <laughs> elevators that's still out. Uh, we have uh, we we can build it and we can get it ready, but it just kind of is going to sit there gathering dust until January 8th. Again, makes no sense giving revenue away that we could get. I mean, I'm not saying we should have it tomorrow. I actually am, but uh, I recognize <laughs> that it... it permits and whatnot, even though these are reputable companies, if we st- if we stayed with the big ones. Uh, anyway, uh, that's I'm not yelling at you. You understand that, even though I called, <laughs> I you, get, I, I, I called yeah. you by the wrong name earlier. Uh, but that's just me. Um, Brian Murphy, you're the man. I appreciate your time. Enjoy. Uh, we didn't even have time to talk NIL, but next time. Well, or PNC Arena. It's going to be called PNC Arena for a few more years. At oh. least, so we don't have to get used to a new name. <laughs> well, isn't that good? Because I would call it P. We, look, I, I called it the Entertainment and Sports Arena at one point, uh, and then it was the RBC Center, uh, and then PNC bought RBC. So, same thing. Yeah, they they signed a, or they've agreed to an extension uh, finally uh, after the last agreement ended in August. So they finally agreed, and and now you won't be calling it PNC when it's you know some other acronym that we that how, we hadn't heard of. How long is the agreement? The agreement is seven years. The naming rights portion is only two, but my understanding is is it's basically seven as well. Okay, Brian Murphy, and you'll see you'll see more PNC signage around the building. They're uh, they're going to sponsor this uh, Champions Club as well. Are we uh, are we concerned at how that advertising impacts kids? Uh, I, I don't think we're concerned about how bank okay. advertising impacts. I don't children. know. I, I would be more, <laughs> more so than gambling. Uh, Brian Murphy at Murph's Turf on Twitter. WRAL Sports Investigative Reporter. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, thanks, Adam. It occurs to me I just I put Brian in so many bad situations there. I know, but he rolled with it. He's I good. just it's just not fair. To, uh, my general disdain and and part of it I will admit this as we go to break and we're going to have to talk about the commissioner of the NFL in another segment. My general disdain for the way our politicians deal with issues like this where they clearly 
and this is not all, it's only about 95% of them, don't have an understanding, real understanding of the issues. There's an NIL hearing on Capitol Hill today. And if you listen to, I mean, I'm not saying every single representative that spoke had no clue, but the quotes that I'm reading, you guys, they just don't have a general grasp of the issue. Yeah. And and they're also not interested in doing anything about it. Well, that doesn't help either, yeah. So, mm. it's so frustrating. I'm, I'm already in that mood. <laughs> I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.